G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, every year Anzac Day rolls around our opportunity to talk about, remember and commemorate those great events of Australia's history, dealing with our military and remembering those who have died serving our nation. But there are also a lot of amazing military events that have affected the world. And today, something of a focus on one of those identities who is aligned with our Australian history. I'm talking about Field Marshal Bernard Montgomery and his interaction with the Anzacs. And so to talk about that story today, it's great to be able to welcome Graham MacDonald from Children of the World, a ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ. Hello, Graham. Welcome back to 2020. Oh, hi, Neil. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And what a great time to get together on an Anzac Day and talk about one of these great identities, because this is someone you've put a little bit of time into of recent times uh, with the intention of telling this story, not only for children, but for the broader Australian community. What's so special about Field Marshal Bernard Montgomery? I, I think the thing that really stands out for me is uh, when, when you, you study his his family life, he actually didn't have a very... Uh, very loving mother, apparently, and he was one of nine children. Um, and uh, but he, she appears to be very strong though, and teaching them about the things of God, but didn't actually live it out very much. And uh, as he as he grew up, um, he he arrived here when he was about two years of age. So he he learnt a lot about Australia and and uh, through Tasmania, he lived down there. His father was the um, Bishop of Hobart. And uh, he was here till he was 14 years of age. And uh, one can't help but sense that the, the sort of layback, on one hand, attitude of Australia rubbed off on him because when he really got involved in the, uh, the leadership of the uh, Allied forces in, um, in Egypt, he was hands-on down with the men and he, he was wearing the slouch hat and uh, whereas most of the the um, people who were giving the orders were sort of way, way, way back, he was right down there really encouraging his men to stand up and fight. And it was a, a real inspiration to them, quoting them scriptures as well, I believe. There are so many dimensions to some of these great identities and so that Australian uh, early growing up, early development dimension to Bernard Montgomery is very important. Of course, we're talking about the Battle of El Alamein, which is what uh, Bernard Montgomery was leading at the time, which stopped the Nazi forces moving across North Africa towards Israel and preventing what would have been or could have been a another Holocaust. Uh, so that's where his significance is so powerful. There are a lot of other significant things, though, about Bernard Montgomery. I, I think one one of the things that um, when when I was studying uh, about him was the fact that in the the First World War he was actually shot in the chest in a place called Metteron in France, and uh, he was shot by a sniper. Another soldier came to help him, and the sniper kept shooting, and he shot the 
other soldier, the other soldier died, fell on top of um, Montgomery, and the sniper kept shooting. And, and Montgomery could feel the bullets going into this other soldier, and another bullet hit him in the hit Montgomery in the knee. And then anyhow, that night the um, the the, off, the uh, office bearers come, the um, people who come and fix up the the sick and the dead. They came to pick him up, and they expected him to be dead. But um, miraculously, he was able to um, recover and uh, then be available to uh, be a part of the um, the Second World War. Now, when we get to the big battle, the Battle of El Alamein, it was very much under wraps. And you're aware of uh, something of a very clever deception that took place uh, that put the Germans off the direction which was happening to defend the nation of Israel. Yeah, what what happened was that the they actually employed a an Australian actor uh, by the name of uh, Clifton James to actually be seen in another part of the world, um, and he was spied by a Nazi spy who then in turn reported back to the um, uh, headquarters, Nazi headquarters, who then in turn changed a lot of their plans, which was exactly what the um, the British wanted them to do. And uh, so when when it came then to um, attacking uh, back through the through to um, into Europe, um, the German forces were in the wrong place, and uh, so this made um, a lot easier to to uh, get back into Europe. But um, but I think the the big the big thing that changed the the war in the Middle East was the fact that. At the first meeting that um, Montgomery had with his um, field officers, he said to them, I've cancelled the plan for withdrawal. If we attack, then there will be no retreat. If we cannot stay here alive, then we'll stay here dead. And so he was pretty straightforward. And uh, from that point on, there was a a new feeling within the the, uh, forces, and it was, yes, we're going to win. And ultimately, they did. They uh, repulsed the the German uh, army. And uh, even Churchill was um, quick to say, he says, you know, that um, prior to El Alamein, we had no victories. After El Alamein, we had only um, we only had victories, and uh, so the, the the significance of Montgomery's leadership in the Middle East cannot be understated in any way whatsoever. Yes, and the Second Battle of El Alamein it became the first decisive major Allied victory, and as you say, the victories continued beyond that. Just last year, I. I mentioned to you that Kelvin Crombie, the author, who's an historian, was touring around Australia with the Montgomery Bible. And it was the Montgomery Bible that was presented to Bernard Montgomery after the victory there at El Alamein. And, of course, it now is quite an historical document. And, of course, he was a very godly man. Oh, you know, it's one of the um, the journalists who wrote after El Alamein. He says um, that it was not uncommon for uh, Montgomery to read a couple of chapters of the scriptures every day. Um, and he was renowned for walk, having his Bible and uh, a copy of Pilgrim's Progress with him wherever he went. And uh, he, he was very, very much a godly man and quoted scriptures quite often and uh, prayed quite a lot for his men. And, 
Yeah, a real example, I believe, of, of a true leader who really inspired his, um, his forces, but also, I, I suggest, would have loved them as well. And as you said, Graham spent his early years growing up in Tasmania, and so a real uh, Aussie heritage there, uh, Field Marshal Bernard Montgomery. And the story today of the Anzacs and the Battle of El Alamein, which was a victory for the Allied forces. Graham MacDonald is from Children of the World. It's a ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ and always love hearing your stories on these types of topics, Graham. Uh, We'll do this again another day, but on this Anzac Day, thanks so much for joining us again on 2020. Great. Thanks, Neil. Really appreciate the opportunity. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.